Okay, Stephen Key, I'm back. I'm going to do another video here. And the title of this one is, Do You Need a Patent? Oh, brother. I could go on forever about this topic. I know you want a patent. You think you need a patent. You're watching Shark Tank on Friday night, and they're telling you, you need a patent. You talk to your friends, and they're telling you, hey, you better get a patent on that idea. You call up a patent attorney, and he goes, what a great idea. You better patent it. You're getting all this information um, thrown at you, and you're not quite sure what to do, but you're afraid. You think someone's going to steal your idea, and you think the only way to protect yourself is with a patent. And I'm here to tell you, wow, you're going down a wrong road. In fact, 97% of all patents, that's, listen to this number here for just a minute, Nine, about 97% of all patents never recoup the cost it takes to file them. Holy cow. That means there's a lot of worthless patents out there. Now, I get to see a lot of ideas that get licensed. And most of the ideas that get licensed, there's no patent. Wow. You got to be kidding me. When I tell people this, or patent attorneys or other people this, they just were like, Steve, how can this be? What are, what, are people, what are people licensing if there's no intellectual property? What are you licensing to them? Well, today it's changed a little bit. Now it's, it's really sell first, sell fast. Uh, there's so many online sellers out there today. It's hard to protect anything. If Apple cannot protect the technology behind the iPhone, what chances does any of us have? But I don't want that to discourage you. In fact, I, I think it's the best time to be an inventor. In fact, I think it's an amazing time to be an inventor. But you have to realize, what do you need to do to be successful? And sometimes rushing and filing a patent is not what you need to do. What you need to do is take a deep breath, slow it down a little bit, and get good advice, business advice. And that's why I'm here to share some of this with you. Now, I'm going to talk about what is needed. Now, what is needed is a provisional patent application. That's right. It's a great little tool. You can write it yourself, or maybe there's software. I have software that um, people use or maybe hire a patent attorney or a patent agent. But the bottom line is a provisional patent application is going to give you one year of patent pending status, right? gives you a date and where you can develop your idea a little bit more. You can see if there's even any interest in it. And it's so easy to do. And I'm going to talk about what you need to do to file a well-written provisional patent application. Now, I'm going to, I'm not a patent attorney. Here's my disclaimer. I'm not a patent attorney. I'm not giving you legal advice, but I'm going to give you business advice on what's important. You see, I'm a big believer in intellectual property. I'm a big patent holder. I've defended my patents against Lego, one of the biggest toy companies in the world. I understand intellectual property. I'm here to tell you that what companies really want to have the option to see if your idea needs to be patented or not, or maybe even giving you the option. So, but it starts with a well-written provisional patent application. Now, what does that mean, Steve? You always talk about a well-written provisional patent application. That means you're going to do work that no one is going to do for you. No patent attorney is going to do it for you. No patent agent is going to do it for you. No one is going to do it the way I'm going to do the way I'm going to give you instructions, the way you need to do it. So your application has value to a potential licensee. So here, here you go. I'm going to go through it fairly quick. And you're probably going to have a thousand questions and you're probably going to be, you're probably going to need some help. But here we go. You need to talk about the problem first. What is the problem? 
Now, in my, I'm going to give you an example of one of the products I had. It was called a, a spin formation. It was a rotating label that provided more information. And I read an article how labels were just too small. You know, the print was too small. You couldn't read it. And some of that information should be on that label, but was not. It was on a flyer or maybe on a box. So what happened was these, you know, people weren't getting enough information on that container. So I came up with an idea. That was the problem. Not enough space on a label. It's just too small. All right, so that's the problem. So that's the first part of your provisional patent application, identifying the problem. Now, my solution was uh, two labels on a container. And we're going to show you examples as we go along. And it was called Spinformation. It was a rotating label where it had a base label on the container and a label on top of it that had a little window. And when you would spin the label, the top label, it would reveal information on the base label. Down Herbals presents its remarkable twist and learn label. It works like an herbal information center that helps you learn about herbs simply by turning the label. Sundown's new twist and learn label, where to turn for help. There's my solution. That's my invention. So problem and then my solution. And I, I just write it up in common words, just so anybody can understand it. All right, so we talked about the problem. We talked about my solution. The next thing is manufacturing. How is it going to be manufactured? Now, this is really important to me because you have to come up with the best way for your product to be manufactured, the most efficient way, the most cost-effective way for your product to be manufactured. But sometimes you just don't know. And sometimes you might have to reach out to someone that's in the field that has more information than you do. And you can find someone on LinkedIn, ex-employee of a company that builds certain equipment. But make sure if you do hire somebody and gather that important information for your provisional patent application, you have them sign an NDA with work for hire language. So whatever they give you, you own. So the manufacturing is very important and you never see that in a provisional patent application. In fact, you never see that in a patent and I don't know why. So for my spin formation label, some of the manufacturing was how is this label gonna spin and break free? And I included things such as electricity, maybe breakaway adhesive, maybe just pressure, maybe water. And I added some language, couple and uncouple. But how would that rotating label actually rotate? Okay, so that was some of the manufacturing that I added to it. And it had huge value. This, the other thing that you need to realize, and I think it's number four, would be material. What type of material could that rotating label be? And it could be, and there's, I listed, and James is going to put it up here, all the different types of materials it could be. So you list that, you put in your provisional patent application. It could be paper, could be recyclable material, could be a type of synthetic plastic, um, all those type of things that might be important. You could also say any, materi any, manuf any material currently used in the manufacturing of labels. You could even throw that in there too. Okay, the last thing is, Workarounds and variations. Oh, jeez! How's someone going to get around my invention? And and for the spin formation label, the biggest thing was like, how else could someone make my spin label? Well, there's different types of label formats. So I included in my provisional patent applications all the different types of labels that could be designed to make a rotating label. And that would be a pressure sensitive label, a roll fed label, a shrink label, a stretch label. I included all of those. So what I've just done is that I've actually created 
really kind of a roadmap, instructions of how to do it correctly. Not only identify the problem, solution, manufacturing, material, and variations. That type of format allows me to write it in such a way that it has value now. I also add a lot of drawings. And the reason why I do a lot of drawings, a drawing is worth a thousand words. And when you do a lot of drawings, the great thing about it, it gives it value. So when a company sees it, they know you've done your homework. Now, I added a lot to this provisional patent application. The reason why, it's like chicken soup. I just throw everything in there. And when I show it to a company that wants a license it, they look at all of it and they go, wow, this is done extremely well. Wow, I wrote it not only from a protection standpoint, but also from a business perspective. I wrote it in such a way that when a company looks at it, they go, wow, this guy's done a great job. And that's what I'm talking about. Now, I know I went over a lot of stuff about a provisional patent application, and I know, like I said earlier, that's what you truly need. And if you need more help, please contact us. We're very good at this. I also write, um, I write for Forbes on intellectual property strategy from a business perspective, because I think at the end of the day, we have to shift our thinking, not so much for protection, but writing patents, provisional patent applications in such a way they truly have value in the marketplace. Woo, that was a long video. Hey, this is Stephen Key. Thanks for watching. And if you need more information, contact me down below. And I will see you next time.